0: Okay, so Ali, R, the floor is yours. Thank you, Louisa. Hi, my name's Ali. I'm an alcoholic. Good morning to everyone who's calling, uh, who's here from uh, the other side of the Atlantic, and good afternoon to everyone else who's here from um, from Europe. Uh, I'm based in London. <clears throat> right, I was actually gonna give louisa a call about an hour ago and cancel because i um i've not been very well i took a covid test yesterday and the thick line came up immediately and i thought oh my god it's upside down then i realized i've actually got covid for the third time um so i feel a little bit woolly my brain feels a little bit woolly i didn't sleep hardly at all last night i slept for about an hour which is a really strange side effect of this bloody virus that I, that I couldn't sleep. Um, and I just feel a little bit weird. So if I have to run off, I'll let you know. Um, so, yeah, another one of the side effects is, is brain fog. I've had it now for the third time. And the last time I had it, it took me a long time to get back to normal. And yesterday I was on my way to to go to to a job. And I thought, you know what? I don't think I can face this. And normally... Um, there's a reason for that and i've just been feeling i just hadn't been feeling right so i took a covid test and it came out positive so i've got five days of um of isolating from people i'm bored already i've nearly finished a whole book um i don't feel strong enough to do anything manual or or do anything you know heavy duty so anyway here i am Ha, ah, talk about recovery um my sobriety date is the 1st of may 2009 which means that i'm coming up to 14 and a half years um sober um, i haven't had a drink since the first meeting um <clears throat> but i was uh i'd got to the point where i was completely ready to to embrace the the sober the sober lifestyle because i'd fucked things up for about 30 years I had um, self-medicated after being um, diagnosed with depression and um, anxiety at 18 years old. Um, I ditched the the medication that the doctor gave me and I just used alcohol and drugs, which is part of my story as well, just to self-medicate over the next 30 years. Um, So the, the depression seemed to go at that point because I didn't stop. And I, you know, I, I just, I just kept going. I was just on this bloody treadmill, merry-go-round, whatever you want to call it, where the same things would happen to me again and again. And I, and it took me a long, long time to get out of the denial and realise that it was the alcohol that was at the root of the problem. You know, I, I'd um, I'd end up losing a job. Um, I'd end up, you know, splitting up with somebody. I'd end up losing where I was living, and it would always happen at once. And then, six months down the line, or a year down the line, or two years down the line, it would all happen again and it's almost like I was expecting it because one thing would happen I would expect that um <clears throat> that that the other two things would happen as well, and I don't know whether that was um that was me unconsciously sabotaging things or that I just genuinely couldn't cope with with um, having to work and <laughs> and act like an adult because I was too busy going out and partying the whole time um the first jobs that I did since leaving uh uni which also I didn't finish either I left halfway through um I I worked in in music where I was able to indulge my um my late nights and, and my lifestyle because that was what I needed to do because it was that you know that was what i did i'd go out and and uh and i'd find myself back at my desk at nine thirty in the morning and my boss would turn up an hour later having left an hour before me and i'd be like hey you bloody lightweight you know and i could do that i could stay up all night in my 20s and, and go straight to work the next day and and you know and carry on and not have any any side effects from it which was pretty amazing I remember telling someone one day not to try to keep up with me because I really thought that I, I had the, you know, the constitution of an ox. And I think most of the time I did have. Um, but anyway, after 30 years of doing that, it really was beginning to wear thin. Um, everyone else around me had had done things like, you know, settle down, got married, have kids. I never wanted that. I never wanted to have kids. Kids would have... Um, would have um, interfered with my lifestyle and also i didn't i didn't want to be a mother i didn't want to be bringing up children i didn't actually like children and actually i still don't <laughs> there's the odd one that i like but on the whole i don't like them and i and i'm glad that i was born in an age where there wasn't that pressure you know there wasn't that pressure to to have to have kids because i always got the impression that my mum never wanted to have the three of us you know and that she was because she was married there was an expectation that she would have <laughs> excuse me, have a couple of kids and it turned out that me and my sister were twins so she ended up with three and i uh, and get like to remind us that that wasn't really in her plan excuse me, I've just got to have a drink of water so yeah, so I, I came in, when I came in I was uh, I was I was very angry, I was really pissed off, I was very defensive, I didn't know what I was angry at, all I know is that I was quite a a broken person, really, you know. Um, but I started to sort of uh, thaw out and I found myself a, a sponsor and I worked through the steps and I got myself a home group and I did service and did all the things that you're supposed to do. Um, I always had a problem with the God stuff, but I just sort of would would nod and put it to one side and just take what I needed and, and leave the rest. And it was only really... Um, it was only really during during the first bout of COVID that we we started to have these Zoom meetings and we started to to branch out and to understand that there was actually um, a worldwide uh, group of secular people in AA, <coughs> which was um, the the main advantage really of of having these meetings. Um, so yeah, so I embraced that whole alternative to AA. I mean, the whole structure of AA is absolutely brilliant. It's just a shame that the, the big book was written almost 100 years ago and was almost exclusively um, white male, orientated to white men. Um, didn't really ca- count for, for women or for anyone else who considered themselves to be not a white male. So, um, I mean, the whole idea is amazing. The fellowship's amazing. Um, but it was just that whole a whole religiosity which seems to have um, taken over that was a sticking point for me. But, you know, I was so desperate that I didn't want to go back to uh, drinking again. And I realised that I had to keep coming to meetings, whether I liked it or not, because um, I would start to slip back into my old ways and I would just find myself getting a little bit edgy, getting a little bit grumpy, being rude to people, beginning to slip a bit beginning to I mean the cravings have gone but there are a couple of occasions I've gone through a few bereavements while I've been in in recovery and it's only the most recent one which was a a really good friend of mine um, who died about six weeks ago and that was under really tragic circumstances it wasn't expected and um I think because because of that, I was very, very close to picking up, um, and I got to the point where I got in touch with a couple of my WhatsApp groups, and I said, "I really don't know what to do. I really feel like I need to completely annihilate myself and get absolutely get absolutely hammered because I couldn't think of any other way of um, of getting my my head to stop." Um, running through the whole situation that had been happening over and over again. And I'd be you know, I'd be awake most of the night. Um, there were some friends I could talk to about it, but they weren't in recovery. And their answer to things was to go out and get pissed and have a good cry. And in fact, I got a message from a friend of ours going, you know, it must be really difficult for you because we've got beer. <laughs> and I was like, oh God. But then I thought, you know what, she's fucking right, actually. Because that would have been the first thing that would have turned two years ago. But I thought, you know, I thought I was over that now. I thought, okay, over 14 years of sobriety, I'm over the craving. But I think that that situation was just so fucking painful that I really didn't know what else to do. And the great thing was that the phone the phone started to ring and people started inviting me out and saying, don't stay home on your own with all this going on, you know, come out. And And I got, you know managed to sort of get out and about when all I wanted to do was really hide, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah. And, um, and and that sort of, you know, that sort of fellowship and that sort of, um, that sort of support is absolutely priceless. You know, I don't know whether you ever, ever get that anywhere else, you know? Um, so listen my throat's really sore and i'm feeling a bit there so i think i've spoken for about 10 minutes i'm actually going to going to leave it there if that's okay thank you